0: It's a time of the year where the excitement and the energy and all of that stuff about the season being new and everybody wanting to show who they are now. We're a better team. I'm a better player. Uh, the season starts to wear on you physically, mentally. Some people have that boost of energy and confidence that they came into the season with taken away. So it's a different spot, and you know, you're looking at that break. And, you know, team might be on a losing streak or things might not be going and it's just those kind of like the dog days you know where a lot of people are just kind of like whatever way it goes it goes you know and a lot of times I'm looking at it like it's an opportunity it comes down to who's willing to dig who's willing to you know stand on a square and and fight for it you know even when it's good when it's good when it's not good you know who's going to go out there and play like it means more and I think I just thrive in those those situations and um, I also know Uh, what works for me, what types of things I have to do when that comes to give myself a chance to be successful, and I always do it. So, you know, it's not guaranteed to work, but it's always giving me the kind of results that I'm looking for, and um, it's something that I'm true to, so. Hey, Rip City, this is Greg Brown III, and it's
1: time to open the Briefcase with Casey Hodor.
2: Greetings, pleasure fans, and welcome to the Briefcase, episode 20 of the Briefcase, your podcast covering all things Portland Trailblazers and beyond, and I am your host, Casey Holt. After a rough start to the week, both on and off the court, the vibes in Rip City have improved slightly after consecutive wins versus the Spurs and the Jazz. Trailblazers have two more games, both of which are very winnable, to play in a six-game homestand before heading out for a three-game road trip, or if they're able to get these next two games versus the Raptors and Hawks, the Blazers will have done something they haven't done since the first week of the 2022-23 season. We'll talk about the end of the homestand, Damian Lillard upping his game, which he just heard him discussing there. And we'll check in with the Little on this edition of the Briefcase. The Terrell has followed up three straight losses with convincing wins versus the Spurs and Jazz this week. And while they've looked improved, it's still a bit too soon to say they've solved the issues that have resulted in a 5-8 record so far in the month of January. I thought they turned the corner after back-to-back wins versus the Mavericks a few weeks ago, and that didn't end up being the case, so I'm taking a bit more of a wait-and-see approach this time. But if they're able to defeat the Raptors, who just thumped the Kings in Sacramento, but will be playing Saturday's game on the second night of a back-to-back, and the Hawks, a team that has won seven of the last ten, then I think you can start to feel good about where this team is at a few weeks before the All-Star break. What's more, if they can get the next two, they'll have their first four-game winning streak since they started off the season by going 4-0. And obviously, it depends on how the teams above Portland in the standings perform. But considering that they're just two games out of sixth, getting the next two could result in a nice boost in the standings and to their confidence. One would imagine the Trailblazers would be favored in both games versus the Raptors and the Hawks, though obviously, that has been no indication necessarily that Portland will win those games, even when they are favored. More on that in a minute. And since we're talking about the team building confidence, someone who is no way in lacking for confidence is Damian Lillard, who posted the most efficient 60 point game in NBA history in a win versus the Jazz, going 21 of 29 from the field, 19 of 15 from three and nine of 10 from the line, while also logging eight assists, seven rebounds and three steals in 40 minutes. Some quick math tells us that Dame went 12 of 14 on two-point attempts in that 60-point performance, which belies the fact that he's been having one of his best seasons within the three-point line this year. This is the, typically the point where I would give you a stat about that, but the NBA stats don't seem to be working today, so you'll just have to take my word for it that Damian Lillard's percentage on two-point shots this season is one of his best, if not his best, in his career. And as Dame mentioned in the Open, he knows what he needs to do in order to raise his level of play during what he called the dog days of the NBA season. The proof? He's averaging 34.3 points on 50% shooting from the field, 37% shooting from three, and 90% shooting from the line, 8.1 assists, 4.0 rebounds, and 1.2 steals in 36.5 minutes per game in the month of January. Unfortunately, the Blazers haven't been able to capitalize on Dame's performance as well as you would hope during their home heavy January, but it certainly hasn't been because of Damian Lillard's play. And while we're talking about Dame, might as well mention that he finished fifth among West Guards in All-Star starter voting for the 2023 event, which will be head next month in Salt Lake City. Dame has never been an All-Star starter. That honor this season goes to Stephen Curry and Luka Doncic. But I would be shocked if Dame wasn't selected by the coaches when the announcement is made next week. However, assuming Dame is named to the 2023 team, we don't know which team he's going to be on until the day of the game, as this year the NBA is having LeBron and Giannis. The two top vote getters from each conference picked their teams right before the event. I think having the captains pick the teams is fine. That's a change they made a few years ago. And I don't really think it's much of an improvement from the old way of breaking it up by conference, but it's not really worth either. So, you know, whatever. But I don't really understand the idea of teams being picked right before the game, as I doubt there's anyone who would turn into the All-Star game simply because they're picking the teams right before the game. Because to me, it's like, who is saying to themselves... You know, I wasn't going to watch the All-Star Game if they picked the teams a few days before, but now that they're picking the games right before, I will watch the game. Eh, I don't really get that idea. Having said all that, though, I will fully support any changes the NBA wants to throw into the All-Star Game if that means that Portland will actually get an All-Star Game at some point in time in the near future. Fingers crossed. Let's go ahead and get to the stats we'll be tracking all season long on the briefcase. After 48 games, Blazers currently sit in a tie with the Thunder for 11th in the Western Conference standings with a record of 23 wins and 25 losses. The Blazers are 10.5 games behind the Nuggets in first, two games behind both the Mavericks and the Clippers in fifth, and nine games ahead of the Spurs in 14th. They're also a half game up in the Lakers, so if nothing else, they've assumed their rightful place above the Bron on the Lake show, which is where they spent most of the time this season, and you'd like them to stay there. Be better than the Lakers, if nothing else. The Blazers are eighth in offensive rating, which is three spots better than last time we checked in at the beginning of the week at 115.2 points scored per 100 possessions, which is more than a point better per 100 possessions than it was at the start of the week. Damian Lillard shooting 72 and 63% from the field in the last two games. will do that for you. On the other side of the ball, though, Portland is currently 22nd in defensive rating, which is one spot worse than the beginning of the week, at 114.6 points allowed per 100 possessions. That's what happens when your opponents shoot better than 50% from the field in two straight games, as was the case in wins versus the Jazz and the Spurs. But while you'd like to see the defense and the offense click at the same time, something I've mentioned over and over and over again on this podcast, their net rating has improved to 0.6, which puts them in a tie for 14th, which is ever so slightly better than the league average. Portland has spent most of the season at league average in net rating, so the fact that they're slightly above league average in net rating is a slight improvement. Getting to the betting lines, as we do on every edition of the Briefcase, Trailblazers are currently twenty six and twenty two this season versus the spread. After covering their last two games, they were eight point favorites versus the Spurs and won by twenty, and three and a half point favorites versus the Jazz and won by ten. I said it on the last show. I said it on the show before that. And I'll keep saying it until it isn't the case. When the Trailblazers win, they cover. And when they lose, they don't cover. It's pretty much as simple as that for the Portland Trailblazers right now. By the way, they're four and a half point favorites versus the Raptors for Saturday's game as of right now. That's not with injury information out yet, though. So that could change, as I'll mention in a moment here. As for the season over-under, the Blazers will need to win 17 of their last 34 games in order to surpass the 39.5 over-under win total that Vegas gave them this season. That would be going 500 for the rest of the season. What looked like a sure win in the first month of the season now looks like much more of a coin flip. Portland does have a much easier second half of the schedule, but still, going 500 is something this team hasn't done in a while, so I'm a little reluctant to say that they're just going to go out there and do it. But fingers crossed for all of you who laid that bet that it does end up happening. I think I'm allowed to root for your bets. I'm not allowed to tell you what to do, but I'm allowed to root for you to win. One of the things that could help Portland go at least 500 in the last 34 games of the season is the return of Nusser Little. The 6'5 forward in his fourth season out of North Carolina has averaged 8.5 points on 53% shooting from the field and 58% shooting from three and two rebounds in 18 minutes per game since he returned from the hip injury that caused him to miss six weeks. I want to find out how Nasir feels like he's playing since returning, what he learned while he was out, some of the sacrifices he's made in order to put himself in a position to take the next step in his career, and whether he thinks he's ready to become a starter, something that might happen regardless if Josh Hart, who left early in Wednesday's victory versus the Jazz with a hamstring issue, is unable to go this weekend. Hamstring issues are notoriously dicey. He went out in that game and didn't come back in, something that's pretty uncommon for Josh. If he can play... He's going to play, so the fact that he didn't return in that game versus the Jazz has me wondering if he's going to go in the game versus the Raptors, though the team has had two days off since then. Here's what Nasir Little had to say.
3: Uh, Nasir, how have you felt
1: physically since coming back? I felt really good. Um, You know, just did a rehab, had a time to, you know, let my um, abdomen injury continue to get stronger and heal. You know, did a really good conditioning coming back, so I feel good. How about mentally, from a, from kind of that perspective, how how you're feeling about where you're at right now? I feel good. I um, just think I've been making, you know, the most of my opportunity, and I think as a player, that's really all you can do. What are some things you were working on while while you were sidelined? Uh, just I think, you know, bigger than the court is just my mental uh, approach to everything, uh, my mental focus, just, you know, being more at ease when I'm on the court, really locking in on that type of stuff like meditating and all that type of stuff so i think when i came back i think my mental focus was just way better well i've noticed too i think you maybe are journaling a little bit
3: now yeah, and yeah. doing some mindfulness stuff great. so
1: yeah that's uh that's just a book um that i've been reading but i've been journaling a lot at home I'm writing every day reading every day so just doing stuff like that has been helping me and i've been enjoying it so just sticking with it do you know why that helped you, or do you have any ideas about what what the benefits of that is for you? Uh, well, I'm a intellectual, philosophical guy, anyway, so like I've always been into that type of stuff, and um, I think it just kind of like it puts a lot of things into perspective. You know, like I've learned a lot from the books I've been reading, so um, and I've been applying it to my life, and it's just been helping me out. Um, everybody's different; everybody has their things, and you know that's just kind of my thing.
3: How does kind of having your life squared away from a non-basketball perspective help you in a basketball perspective
1: i mean it's it's all tied together you know what i'm saying as a person you know you have all different um you know it's all different parts of you you know that all kind of meet in the middle and i feel like um if you're being pulled you know in a certain direction away from the sport it affects it you know what i'm saying it's just it's just a part of it and not to say i was pulled in another direction but you know i think it's something that you got to kind of catch if you feel like you're not in a place that you want to be and uh, make an effort to try to get corrected and that's what i've been doing
3: i, I guess i'll put it to you this way can you can you have success on the court if you're not in a right space off the court
1: um some guys some guys probably can if they're talented enough um you know a guy like me i wouldn't say i have the luxury to just kind of like figure it out in the course of a game. I think. Um, it's a, it's a very spe- specific skill set to be to be inserted and have a specific thing to do. Um and I think it requires a pretty high level of focus. So um for me, um I, I gotta I gotta have everything kind of in order. You know what I'm saying? I can't be running around trying to do this. That's why I don't you know, I can't have a dog or kids or a girlfriend because 'cause I'm just so like, you know, in tune with what I got going on and, you know, my basketball stuff. So um, I like to keep everything kind of as quiet as possible so I can just focus on what what I, what I want to. Do you consider that a, a sacrifice? Uh, It is a sacrifice. You know, there is things I do sacrifice for, but um, it's something I'm willing to sacrifice. You know, I think, um, you know, and there's other things that I don't sacrifice, you know, because it's all about what's important, you know, and I, there's certain things that I enjoy to do, like play video games or, you know, talk to my parents, and that's not stuff that i cut down to a minimum, you know, for basketball, but things that I don't really care about that I tend to, you know, get into, like I've been, I haven't been on social media like that much. Um, I feel like that's been, made me more productive with everything. So just things like that. Was there anything you learned during the six weeks uh, of watching this team? Uh, I think like just watching, you know, I feel like reminding myself of how much I mattered to the team. You know what I'm saying? I felt like I was kind of feeling bad for myself, coming back off my injuries and, you know, watching, you know, watching a glaring spot where I felt like I could come in and fill that role um, just allowed me to kind of, you know, be mindful coming back. And as I was preparing, knowing where I could, you know, make an impact. So when I came back, I just kind of hit the ground running. Absolutely. What's your relationship like with Dame? Because I feel like you guys have
3: kind of, I feel like that's developed a little bit over the years.
1: Yeah, I mean, me and Dame, been we've been close, you know, since I became, since I got here. I think he's always just respected um, you know, my approach to everything, my work ethic, you know, my commitment. And especially, like, me being young, like, my maturity level, I think he's something he's always appreciated. He's always voiced that to me, you know, coming up. Um, but, yeah, we've been close, you know, for a while now, and he continues to kind of fuel me and, you know, motivate me and stuff like that and uh, telling me that matter to the team. Who would you say you're closest with on the team? Uh, I kind of took Jabari under my wing a little bit. Me and Jabari gotten pretty close. Um, you know, we we kind of clicked when he got here. You know, what I'm saying I, I watched him play when he was at Colorado, and I liked this game. So when he got here, um, really good kid. You know, what I'm saying so
3: we just be we just been kicking it a lot. Do you have any goals for the second half of the season, or, or things that you would like to? I mean, maybe team goal and personal goals.
1: Honestly, just I think we need to just kind of get on going a little win streak, get back into the um, seating that I know we should have in the first place. Uh, we let a lot of games slip away this this year, um, and I feel like. If we won, won those, we we're you know we're probably a top three seed right now. So, uh, you know, my biggest goal is really just for us to be able to improve in those areas, finishing out games um, when we get leads, being able to maintain maintain them, so that way we can position ourselves where we want to going into the playoffs. Uh, you're one of the few guys that was a holdover or that was here when when Chauncey got here. So, what, what would you, how would you categorize your relationship with Chauncey? Uh, me and Chauncey are cool. You know, we um, like I said last. I think it's been different since last year. A little bit um just because you know the depth of the team but you know we, he's still as open as he was when he first got here um still open lines of communication um I still appreciate the way he coaches you know his competitiveness his fierceness so we've been cool uh, my last
3: question here and I, I want to preface it by saying that I, I'm not asking you to say if you should be started or
2: not but when we talked to you at the beginning of the season and Josh got the spot I asked you about it and you had said you told Chauncey like that's the right decision because I'm not ready yet
1: do you feel like you're getting to that point, though? Yeah, I, I do think I'm ready now, um, you know. But like I said, it's kind of like one of those things where for me, like I'm at ease because I know that I'm playing my part, you know what I'm saying? I can't, I don't make those decisions, but um, all I can do is come in and contribute to the best way I can and, you know, live with it, whatever happens. And everyone wants to start. Yeah, everyone wants to start, you know what I'm saying? That's just part of it. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're all trying to win, so I feel like tries to go make whatever decision he feels like, you know, coincides with that. So
0: it's
1: cool. So
2: there you go. Nasir Little talking about his return from injury, some of the things he's been working on. And that he feels like he's ready to make that jump into being a starter. Something that he's done at times in his career, but hasn't been a regular starter through his first three seasons. But Nas did start the second half of the Jazz game when Josh wasn't able to go. And if Josh isn't able to go versus the Raptors, I would fully expect Nas to get his first start of the season. Well, that's going to do it on this edition of The Briefcase. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll be back next week, either right before the team heads out for the three-game road trip or right after the team is out on the three-game road trip. Two really important games for the Trailblazers here before they head out on that trip. Hope to see you at the Motor Center for those two, and if not, check it out on Rip City Radio and on Root Sports Plus. So, for myself, Casey Holdall, thank you for joining us on this edition of the Briefcase. We'll talk to you next week. Go Blazers!